Irish Illustrated Insider, July 30th. Two-team booth here today, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated. The news of the day is not COVID-19 for once, and hopefully that will stay out of the news for a little bit uh, as we look at Notre Dame's new schedule. They are a member of the ACC in 2020. Never thought I would say that. I admit I was wrong about that. But the ACC announced an 11-game schedule, 10-game conference schedule. Notre Dame is included in it. They will be part of the entire process, which means they can play in the ACC championship. So a lot of exciting stuff to look forward to as long as we can keep uh, all of college football healthy enough to play these games. So Tim Nordame, ACC deal. You and I were of the same mindset, I believe. I mean, our first reaction, I know my first reaction when people were asking about whether Nordame would play for an ACC championship. I thought there was no way, but I think it speaks to the strength of the Notre Dame ACC relationship with this, which is something that I talked about in the beginning when, when people said, you know, I hope that they'll be able to work out some games with ACC. They're a business partner. They can work out games, but I never thought it would go to this extent. Yeah. I thought three games at the ACC, if not four was a guarantee. And the other guarantee would be they wouldn't have a chance to play for the conference championship. So one of the, the, the most important one uh, follows the games. That's, that's all you could ask for as a Notre Dame fan on the field this year. They got it. Play for the ACC championship. And if you don't win it or you do win it, but you have a loss and can't make the playoffs, you can still go to the Orange Bowl, which is a remarkable uh, <laughs> secondary prize, runner-up prize, because they might not be – I mean, I don't think nobody wants to play in the Cheez-It Bowl this year. So if you have a chance to be in the Orange Bowl and get that money, that and that opponent, that's outstanding. I, um, it is great that they can play for the championship. Uh, it will likely be – if Notre Dame is good enough to play for the championship – it will likely be a rematch or they would get a much better than I think it's going to be Miami team after looking over the schedules and a part of a story I sent to Jack today. I use the word astonished and sometimes I overstate things, but w- from the first moment when it was suggested that Notre Dame would be a yeah, part of the ACC yeah. and play for the, the championship. I mean, I, I'm from that standpoint, I'm astonished. Right. I agree. Um, I, I don't know if it was Monday or last Friday when we had a subscriber bring it to the board saying, hey, this is a possibility. That's the only time I ever thought there was a 2% possibility. Um, when it was first brought to our attention, I think you, Pete, and I on the podcast all just kind of laughed. So I, that's a <laughs> And I'm still laughing because we were stupid. We, you know, never say never. I mean, I think there's a question we have in segment two where I am a little less likely to say never because of what just happened. <laughs> Uh, with this decision, but added to the added to the schedule, North Carolina on the road, Florida State at home, Syracuse at home, Boston College on the road. Um, we will have a, a a question regarding Boston College and their quarterback in, in, in yeah. segment two. It makes things a little bit more interesting. But uh, you know what Mac Brown did at North Carolina last year uh, from from two and nine to seven and six and six losses by a total of 26 points. I mean, they easily could have been a nine or 10 win team, but that's, that's, that's part of the maturation of a a team and a program, but you know, they're comparable to um, a Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This year. I figure you figure it was a loss. Wisconsin, USC and Stanford gained North Carolina. North Carolina is in that wedge of, Wisconsin, USC, North Carolina, all ahead of Stanford. Right. And we have to talk in preseason terms. I mean, Stanford can rise back up. We don't, we don't know. North Carolina could face plant again. <laughs> no, but, you know, when you're talking preseason terms, North Carolina wedges into that. 
Um, they lost three good games. They're, I guess Notre Dame lost their second, third, and fourth best opponent on paper, but gained North Carolina. Um, you never know what Florida State can bring because of the talent and now a new coaching staff. And then, uh, as you said, the rest is intrigue. Um, Boston College gets a lot more fun. It would have been a lot more fun if Phil Dracovic was el- – we'll save this, but Phil Dracovic was eligible in South Bend. would have been a little bit different than uh, – Either way, either way, I want to, I want to see that. I mean, that's just great drama. That's great theater. As I wrote in today's Thursday thoughts that, um, you know, who doesn't want to see that, especially since Bill Dracovic still is a very, very inexperienced quarterback. Um, Florida state has 10 starters returning on defense, great defensive line. Uh, Marvin Wilson, uh, their defensive tackle, first round draft choice. Uh, so that'll be challenging. As bad as they have been, which is 18 and 20 the last three years, you know they still have a lot of talent, especially along that D-line. I think of at the point now, entering a season where Florida State, with their talent and a new coaching staff, is more of a challenge at Notre Dame than Stanford coming in. Well, and they have a veteran quarterback. <laughs> you look at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they have a veteran quarterback who's been erratic, but Mike Norville's offenses have been spectacular at at Memphis. um, And and so I expect them to be considerably better. Syracuse, Boston College, until I dig deeper into that, I think that's, they're pretty comparable right now. Yeah, I think just looking at the, um, I don't know enough about Syracuse to speak intelligently on them because they weren't on the schedule, but looking at Phil Steele, Athlons and Lindy's, they're all, they're, they're even below Boston College. I think they just lost enough. They have great special teams. I know that. If you look at all the magazines, though, they're they're kind of flip flops. So I mean, yeah. you know, they're they're in their different style of team, certainly, but you know, comparable as to where we project them record wise. On a related note, um, the team that we think will join Navy, uh, I think, is tougher to play than Boston College and Syracuse, simply because of their style. Even though they lost Malcolm Perry, I think Navy goes into the middle of the Notre Dame schedule ahead of those two teams. Now, there's no end of Notre Dame schedule anymore like Western Michigan. Um, it would have been a miracle to lose to Arkansas, I think, at home in a home opener with a break before it. So I think where these games land begins to matter. Um, Navy might not be the beginning of the season, which always complicates things, throwing Navy in there. If, you, if, if Navy's between Florida State and Clemson, that's not a great time to play Navy, right? Yeah, true. And, and, and I probably have Navy rated um... – lower than than some of those teams because the quarterback situation not to mention that they they did get their cornerback back who was who had entered the portal but they did lose um they did lose a couple of really difference makers uh, on on their defense but anyway I, I i do want to talk about navy a little bit because if you look at the wording they're suggesting that notre dame with the release yesterday, they're suggesting that Notre Dame will have to play Navy at Notre Dame or in Indiana. Yeah. I mean, it has to be in the quote ACC team's home state. I, 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 I'm thinking that there's wiggle room there with Notre Dame and Navy, but maybe not. It was, I, it wasn't specifically clarified. So for now, I'm still thinking it's Notre Dame at Navy, but if you look at the exact wording, it would indicate that Notre Dame can't do that. Yeah, I'm going with the exact wording only because I never considered wiggle room until you mentioned wiggle room. I think Navy has to come to well, come to Indiana. Obviously, you could play. I don't know why you'd play in a pro stadium this year, though. So they should come to South Bend. Well, but plus one was plus one was really important to Notre Dame because of Navy. Yeah, yeah, and as, you can still play. I, yeah, and as right, and as I think you were starting to say, and I cut you off. You can work something out where you play yeah. Navy. 
two years in a row away from Notre Dame Stadium or, or whatever, make it good. The relationship between those two programs and those two universities is strong enough that they'll, they'll make that work. And I think it's easy because you play one as a Shamrock Series game or pseudo Shamrock Series game and one where you repay, hey, we're going to come to Annapolis, like we said. It's and I still want to get I still want to get to Annapolis sometime. Not necessarily this year, but That's I still want to get to Annapolis. That's why you want wiggle room because you want to go to Annapolis. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like I want wiggle room I, yeah. to go west. You want that? I wiggle just think room. I think the setting would there would be great. Annapolis, I understand downtown Annapolis and just the whole atmosphere is not necessarily a great football atmosphere, but a great atmosphere for right. the for the country. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, it got easier I, to write. What's that? Yesterday, everything. The world, our world got easier yesterday. I know. I had a couple story ideas. So many things to do now. I know. I had a couple story ideas. I got put on a back burner because we got to talk about. You got to talk about the 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 ACC and what what an astonishing thing that's about to happen. But you know what? I and I wrote this in Thursday Thoughts. Credit to to to, uh, Commissioner Swafford and and Jack Swarbrick and the presidents of the ACC schools. You know, it, it took some major concessions here, but business is business, man. And the best yeah. way to conduct business this year is for Notre Dame and the ACC to become uh, one-year partners. I think it speaks to the reality that while obsessive fans with hatred in their heart for Notre Dame and other schools are great for college football, they are not great to have that as a journalist, a pseudo-journalist, or an AD. Right. And the ADs are more important because now they have set up what is the most logical thing of all time, in considering there's a pandemic going on and we're trying to play football, is to let a half partner in your or more than a half partner in your conference join your conference for that season. What what would stop the ACC from thinking that's a good idea? There's not a single reason that's not a good idea unless yeah. you're just trying to hold Notre Dame over the coals for no reason. Right, and again, the relationship is is not built upon that. It's no, just not. It, they wouldn't it, be they wouldn't be in the conference where they all, all the other sports if it was that type of relationship. Yeah, because Mike Krzyzewski or David Cutcliffe want Notre Dame to join or get out, it doesn't matter what they think. In football, Mike Krzyzewski actually doesn't oversee Duke football. And neither, well, maybe more than David Cutcliffe does, but he doesn't have a say in that. And it is it is weird to me that people think this is the chance for the ACC to hold Notre Dame out. That's not what this is about right now. No, it's about, it's about salvaging a season. Yes. If Notre and, Dame and, said, we'd like to join your conference in 2025, 2029, and 2031 to fill out our conference, then I think the ACC would yeah. be, screw you, but that is uh, not the case. There's, there's going to be, regardless, it, it, even if they play these games, and l- let's hope that it, it, it comes yeah. off that way, there's going to be a significant shortfall in, in revenue from this football season for everybody. So how do you make it up? Well, Notre Dame's willing to share revenue from their NBC contract. Uh, what is what is the ACC's? Well, they I mean, have the ACC it, network and they have ESPN two at noon. So the, right? That's, yeah. So they're sharing all that as well, correct? Yeah. yeah okay. It's, so it's just you're throwing all that money into a pile and and divvying it up. And I I, I just I, I I really I think it's a I think it's a great testament to the art of the deal, the, the negotiate, the, the ability to, to negotiate and do what's in the best interest of college football and everybody involved. So fantastic. Before we end segment one, Tim, um, I want to talk about Logan Diggs. He is a, a verbal commitment to Notre Dame. He's a, he's a kid that I've been a little bit critical of along the, the process here because 
I, well, first of all, I'm going to attribute it to Lou Holtz because I was around yeah. Lou Holtz for, for 11 years and, and he was part of the reason why I wanted to become a coach. Um, and, and, you know, he, and the comparison I make, and I'm not saying that Logan Diggs is going to be Ricky Waters by any means. Ricky Waters rushed for 10,000 yards in 10 years in the NFL. I'm not saying that, but he reminds me of him from the standpoint that he always wants to hit the home run, um, which on the high school level, hey, that's great. But on the college level, instead of being second and eight, you're now second and 14. And that's a sure way of being taken off the football field. Yeah, so He has I a saw. tendency to want to do that. But this is a really, really quality athlete. And considering where Nordheim's been with their running back recruiting, this is a really nice pickup for them. I think it's a misunderstood reality of, of running backs uh, when you watch high school film and a lot of the great ones have said it. Reggie Brooks has said it often to me. Uh, I've heard other people say it. They are reined in by the running backs coach. It was Earl Mosley back then. And you have brought this up before, Tim. The first four yards do not belong to you. They belong to your offensive coordinator and your running backs coach. Yes. What you do after you those four yards. You owe that to them. Yes. Yeah, you owe those four. And then <laughs> after that, it's up to your talents. And uh, I think it takes some guys time to learn that. And the ones that learn it right away, like Sebo Flemister, get to get on the field. Uh, in a situation where there's not great running backs at Notre Dame, and they found a guy that was willing to search for those four yards, even though he was thrown into some short yardage positions where it was impossible to get those four yards. He's yeah. a guy that he has that natural instinct to do it. Now he doesn't have the natural ability after those four yards as some other great ones do, of course. Yeah, now look, you know, it's not that it's not that Logan Diggs won't be physical it, it, because he because he does show that, but there are times when. When he sees that the gap is filled, and so he he immediately kicks it outside. I've also seen it's interesting. You watch some of his highlights, and there's one where he kind of dances and eludes and gets away, but then they cut it off because he's about to get thrown for a for a loss. <laughs> uh, but he's a, you know he's a really talented kid. Uh, anytime Notre Dame can go down in, in, into Louisiana and pull out a good player, he, he's appropriately listed as a three star. But I but I as I frequently say, and there's a question we have about three stars. He's a kid with a lot of four-star athletic qualities. I'm supposed to talk to Ricky Waters today to finish off another story, and I will let him know that Tim Priester has compared him to a three-star running back. Oh my God! To Notre Dame and see what he gives says. My, give my give my best to one <laughs> yeah. of the one of the true characters of Notre Dame football that I've had a an opportunity to uh, know. One thing about Ricky Waters, he's one of the. I can say this with complete confidence. He's one of the three most confident football players that, uh, that I've ever covered at Notre Dame I'm in sure. 38 years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do not Sometimes for better or for worse, but you yeah. know what? Credit to him. I mean, um, let, let me put it this way. In four years, he had less total touches, returns, receptions, and carries than Travis ATN had carries the last two years. Well, they were stacked. That's the they point of the stacked. story. Well, they, so, were, yeah. they were definitely they were stacked. stacked, but he also got punished for his East-West. Right. Uh, philosophy many times. Segment two coming up, burning up the boards. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Welcome back to segment two, burning up the boards. First question is from Bill V611B. Plus one has to be Navy, correct? Also, what is the draw for Prince Collier Louisville other than Scott Satterfield being a great coach? I, I mean, I, I think plus one has to be Navy. I don't know why Notre Dame would. And, you know, there's some wiggle room here as far as the timing of it, um, you know, especially before the ACC stuff begins. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I can't believe Nordic's going to break the streak against, uh, against Navy and Navy doesn't want that. So I would think that it has to, but I don't know there as so many things with this, there may be some things that we're not considering or don't know about yet. So Tim, if it's not Navy, who would it be? It's nonsensical that Navy would say, no, we won't come because of the ACC's rule that we have to play in Indiana. I think it's easy to pay Navy back. Um, I think as Jack said prior to recording this segment, it's not Western Michigan. You're not going to break it for Western Michigan. I know Arkansas is dying to come up here from being an Arkansas radio station throughout the last nine months. Uh, They are, they really want to come up here. I do want to mention if I'm back on, um, you're not coming to Notre Dame to see a normal Notre Dame experience though. You might want to reschedule it. Yeah. So I don't, I really, I I don't think I brought that up. It's not going to be the normal experience. So if it's not Navy, I mean, Arkansas is the team left. I don't know why you'd do it, but the SEC. Or would, you, or would you reschedule? Or would you schedule somebody completely different? I, it's just that from it's a different be conference, Big Ten and Pac-12 aren't going to play you. I don't think you want to schedule. Well, you maybe you do want to schedule a non-power five team because you have ten. You have ten power five teams on there, well, so it's not the true. end of the world. Um, but I was just thinking that Arkansas is the SEC, and the SEC is looking for one game. But Arkansas can find another game. It's it's right. Navy. We're talking too yeah. much about that game. It's I would think so. And with regard to Prince Collie, um, Scott Satterfield is a very good coach. Um, I would think going to school at Louisville would be a pretty decent place to end up, don't you think, Tim? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's a it's a program on the rise. But I think the main thing is, and I and I still feel confident that Notre Dame is going to land him. But I think the main thing. Probably the selling point for Louisville is, you know, if you look at their linebacker core and their defense was bad last year in a three, four, but their entire four man unit is back. And three of those four are five foot 11, six foot even and six foot one. And Kali is listed at six foot one. And I got it on great authority that he's probably not that tall. Uh, So, you know, I mean, I, so it's like, I think Louisville can sell the look, we, we are successful we've got a really good undersized linebacker core and you would fit well here. And we know how to use you. I think, I still do think that Notre Dame ultimately gets him, but I think Louisville has a lot to offer. I don't know how long Scott Satterfield, Scott Satterfield wouldn't be there for Prince Collie's entire career. That's what I was about to say. There's a better <laughs> chance of Brian Kelly being there for your four year career than Scott Satterfield <laughs> no by doubt. far. And Brian Kelly said seven years ago that when Notre Dame plays Ohio state, he'll be sipping my ties on the beach. Well, that is next year. And he's going to be coaching Notre Dame next year. <laughs> <laughs> I would think. I would think that he is. Question from Jay Marasco: Did the ACC throw a bone to Notre Dame this year by allowing them full membership to the ACC championship as a way to get them to join full time after 2020? Is Notre Dame using this as a test run for full membership? No, and no, but it can work out for both of those realities being considered. Right? There's not throwing a bone to Notre Dame because it doesn't help the ACC at all do not play Notre Dame this year, especially considering five of its member schools were already scheduled to play Notre Dame. Um, they want Notre Dame to be on TV with them. I don't, I understand that 80% of college football fans, 90% of college football fans that aren't Notre Dame fans want Notre Dame to buzz off 
or join the ACC or join something else. <laughs> Isn't that but funny? I find that to be hilarious. <laughs> it's just, it's ridiculous, but it's not the way business is done. And it's not the way the ACC programs look at Notre Dame. Um, as for a test run of full membership, I don't think Notre Dame fans and Jack Swarbrick would like anything more than to win the ACC and never go back to the conference, to be honest with you. But, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, in the deep recesses of the minds of the ACC people, maybe they're thinking, eh, you know, oh, yeah, Notre Dame, yeah. Will, Notre Dame will like this. I don't think that Notre Dame – I mean, Notre Dame can evaluate how this works out for them, but I do not think – and again, I, 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 I'm learning here from the fact that, you know, no way are they going to play an ACC championship. I'm yeah. not going to say no way to either one of these questions after after that, but – I. I do not think that that is um, at the forefront of what either entity is, is thinking. Not of the ask, deal, not of the deal. You know, that wasn't part of it. They weren't thinking no, it no, ahead no, of time. No. This is it's time. Yeah. self-preservation for 2020. Right. Let me ask the next question. Cause you're the king of the odds and oh, you'll be, be better at this than I will. Uh, from Kaiser Wilhelm, set the odds on the following propositions. I'll read them one at a time, Tim. Your name appears in the ACC championship game. One loss is the likely guess right now. Um, I say a solid seven to one. I think North Carolina, if they beat Notre Dame, would that mean Notre Dame has Clemson? Then North Carolina has an easier schedule on paper than Notre Dame. I'll say a good solid seven to one. They're in the ACC championship game. Well, if Notre Dame beats Clemson, but North Carolina beats Notre Dame, I'm saying I think North Carolina could lose. I mean, we're 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 anointing North Carolina as if I think yeah. if you look at the ACC right now, Clemson is great. <laughs> North Car- Notre Dame will be very good, and North Carolina is the team of of injury. Yeah, North Carolina lost six times last year, so yeah. that yeah. <laughs> to, to think they're going to go ten and one that's a that's a pretty right. big jump up. Okay, and uh, Notre Dame wins the ACC championship odds. That's that's like fifteen to one because I think you got to beat Clemson twice. Yep. Well, yeah. Well, you could beat Clemson once in the, in the championship game. I mean, you could come in second to undefeated Clemson and certainly be in there. But right. it's still a tough. That's a tough. That's a tough one. Now the uh, the playoffs are scheduled for the Sugar and the Rose. I believe that's correct, right? Yeah. Well, so, the orange is. Uh, yeah. yeah. The next one, Notre Dame plays uh, in the Orange Bowl. Solid. Solid. Five to one. Six to one. Notre Dame. Five, I think it's five to one is what I had. I think Notre Dame's going to Orange Bowl. Yeah. I'm not too excited about going to Miami. But I mean, normally I would be, but I don't. But and but that's a long way. Off. I'm talking COVID uh, ramifications there. Notre Dame finishes the year with a win over Clemson. See, I think that's the same as winning the ACC championship. So you're in the fifteen to oh, one sure. okay. range. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think there's a better chance. I mean, Notre Dame could beat Clemson if it's played in November in South Bend. I'm not yeah. saying fifteen to one there. I'm saying beating them twice or beating but them so, in Charlotte okay, so or beating Notre them in Charlotte. Right. So Notre Dame beats Clemson. At Notre Dame in November, now what are the odds? I mean, you still say 15 to 1? I agree. I, I tell you what, I wrote about this in the column I sent, the ACC, ACC-ish preview. <laughs> not really, it's just, you know, talking about what we our new world. Uh, you know how badly Notre Dame did not want to rematch Florida State in 93 and Miami in 88? <laughs> It'd be the exact same thing here. If you beat Clemson, you don't want any piece of Clemson after that. That doesn't – no one wants that unless it's your only way in, you know. No, unless you – I mean, unless, like, Trevor Lawrence is hurt or something along those lines. Or it's your way in. It's your, if it's your way in. If, yeah, if you're awesome and you lose to Clemson by a point, you want to rematch, of course. And then but, so the last one, Notre Dame goes to the playoffs, which – It's just hard to get Clemson and Notre Dame in the playoffs, right? Yeah, you'd probably need – you'd probably need to beat Clemson for somebody else to beat Clemson. Yeah. It's just hard to beat them twice. <laughs> I mean, it'd be hard to beat them twice. It's – 
Yeah. It's really hard to get Notre Dame and Clemson in the playoffs because a Big Ten champ is going to go this year and an SEC champ is going to go this year. So, eh, you know, the Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore. Maybe. Maybe they can both be in. That's fine. Could happen. <laughs> That's not – these are tough ones, though, because they all involve a win over Clemson in Charlotte in December. Right. 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 DMAC 40, do you believe Notre Dame will get freshmen more involved this year to create a contingency plan for infections if they happen? I had never considered any of that. That's interesting. Would love to see Jordan Battelle on the field as his game has a violence to it that reminds me of Aaron Lynch. Yeah, I thought it was uh, – I'm not sure that we've had a question from DMAC 40. I think it's a, it's a good question. Um, but I'm going to go back to what I, I normally do, and that is I think there will be a greater emphasis with Isaiah Rutherford and – KJ Wallace and George Takis and Andrew Kristoffic and Quinn Carroll and John Dirksen, you know, getting those offensive linemen in games, uh, Maris Leofow, Bo Bauer, um, Jack Kaiser, DJ Brown. I, you know, I, certainly you want to, if a freshman's prepared to play, yeah, you're going to accelerate the pace with him on the practice field, but these guys should be way more prepared to, to make a contribution. Chris Tyree, that's a given. Jordan Botello, I think that's an interesting comment because that's a guy with a lot of pure pass rush ability. At least, at least get them opportunities in three or four games, maybe in more critical situations. I really like the comparison in terms of violence to his game, Jordan Botello. Aaron Lynch was a freak of nature five-star, though. So that's why he got on the field. And Notre Dame wasn't as deep back then. They have so many rising juniors, redshirt freshmen, that can play that we think can play. I mean, remember, yeah. this is the year for the junior class. So far, it's been Braden Lindsay, Jason Adamiola, and transfers and injuries in Buckus. Right. I mean, right. they, they really need to shine through. Um, but I, I love I love Jordan Patello's game, but he did not have any spring that he was supposed to have. Um, he wasn't it's training in the summer because Notre Dame wasn't training in the summer. Uh, there, there's a lot involved with these freshmen to get him on the field. But I do like that guy. Uh, yeah, I do too. I wish he was, I wish he had. I wish he had Aaron Lynch's dimensions because I do. Yeah. I, you know, from a from a uh, demeanor standpoint, I I do definitely like the comparison. A question from Paselli Knight: How best should we prepare mentally for somehow upsetting Clemson, only to lose to a Phil Jerkovic-led Boston College? That's, that's such a good question. <laughs> that is incredible. So, if Boston College follows Clemson. On the schedule, we got to find this guy or girl <laughs> because it's that is maybe that might end the internet for Notre Dame, right? That might be it <laughs> for the Four Horsemen Lounge and everywhere else. That could be an all time. You imagine Tommy Reese's night, <laughs> the emotions that the would emotions, be going through the emotional swing from beating Clemson and losing to Boston College. I tell you what, um. <laughs> Obviously, everybody knows it happened, and that was – just spoke with Dean Lytle. He referenced it. He said it was the most mentally and physically tough team he's ever played on, and Lou Holtz was absolutely at his best all year long, and that team had a letdown. Yep. Anyone could have a letdown in this sport, man. But. No doubt. But Phil Dracovic leading that off, especially, you know, also depending upon what part of the season it comes. If it comes within his first, you know, three or four starts um, – I would very much like to see Notre Dame play a Phil Dracovic-led Boston College offense under those conditions. I have seen Glenn Foley, and he is not Glenn Foley. ND fan, how will conference road games be televised? I imagine ACC Network would want those. They'd want something to pump their network. Attendance will be minimal, and cash is key. 
Well, there's no doubt that they're going to want to have Notre Dame on as frequently as possible. So I have to get my subscription back to ACC Network that oh, I gave right. up when yeah. the pandemic hit uh, during <laughs> basketball season. Um, but I mean, ESPN, ABC, Fox, these people all spend, give you way, 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 way more money. Um, so what doesn't land on those networks, then the ACC network will pick up. Yeah. Um, the key is that attendance will be minimal. So yeah, that's, uh, the national games. Well, I mean, I guess Clemson's on NBC, um, North Carolina, it's all depending on how good North Carolina is for a national game, but the road games, I mean, their their best teams. Louisville is this other dark horse with with North Carolina. That's obviously NBC. It's not like they drew Miami, where you figure that's an eight o'clock ABC game right, if they're right. if they're playing. I mean, Florida State's NBC, so I think yeah, prepare for some ACC network games with these other Notre Dame road games. Yeah, this is the again getting back to what we were talking about the deal between Notre Dame and ACC. They are sharing revenues in ABC and ABC slash ESPN Fox. Uh, <laughs> get more money in the coffers rb yeah. irish 09 uh and i'm going to tag that with a reese underscore three question uh if this schedule were announced a month ago what irish players would make the preseason all acc team and will notre dame also be available for all conference honors if so which players do you think would make a team i would assume so let's do first part um <laughs> eichenberg Ousu Koromoa, and hamilton and then it depends on trying to think of. You know, we're not, you're not talking first team per se, right? You're talking about one, two, and three for sure. Okay. Like one, okay. two, and three. They're in there. Um, I think Book could be the third string QB, right? Yeah. Derek, uh, Derek King for now at Miami. Yeah. He's well, Sam, you know, third, Sam yeah. Howell at North. We that's, haven't that's even Sam Howell was my number two. So I assume. Right. Behind Lawrence and, and Sam Howell's of, he's. Yeah. He's a really good. He's a really good young quarterback. Uh, King is at Miami. That's that could possibly be yes. an impediment to, yeah. to Book being named the top three. Uh, I think Eichenberg. For sure, Eichenberg yeah, Eichenberg for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, excuse me, um, Hamilton. Maybe more so postseason after he's had an opportunity to start and play, um, because there are some. There are, but. I mean, do you really want? I mean, he's not going to. Brandon Sebastian of Boston College over no, Kyle Paris, Hamilton. Is Paris, your, I mean, he's clearly on. Yeah. I would say second or third team. He's clearly on right, those. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Out, I thought you were wondering. Beat out Paris that. Ford preseason. No. Right. I, I, I was, guess. Just um, one of the. Yeah, yeah. One, two, and three. I think he's clearly on that. And Usu Cormo was on one, two, or three. Also, yeah. Kramer, at, I think I think Kramer's on there. Hainsey potentially is. Yeah. I, I, is the only, the only thing holding Hainsey back would be that um, he was hurt at the end of last year and voters wouldn't think about it properly. But Kramer yeah. is. Uh, I'm thinking more. I'm thinking more postseason, too. Yeah. You know, well, there's plenty of postseason possibilities because they have four linemen that could be postseason possibilities. If you look at Pro Football Focus and see four of the top 30 linemen entering the year, our Notre Dame offensive lineman. Yeah. That is, that's something else. I mean, that it might not be accurate, but that is <laughs> I, it's probably not accurate. They probably don't have four of the top 30 offensive linemen in college football at the end of the year, but that's a quite a, that's quite a preseason honor, right? Now in terms of the draft though, they probably have four of the top 30. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Haynes and is I, undersized, Haynes, but he, he could be a center in the NFL, but you don't draft a guy to move him to center. Of course. So that's a, uh, not yeah. early. Um, available for all conference honors. I don't see why not, right? 
they can play for the national championship of the Orange yeah, Bowl. I hadn't, well. con- I hadn't yeah. considered that, but they've been made a part of the conference for 2020. And so naturally for the first time in the history of Notre Dame, they would all have all conference. Yeah, I guess. Will they get, will they, uh, get blackballed like the basketball team did for so many years there with the uh, all conference honors of the big East. Remember that it was impossible to get anybody, but Troy Murphy and Luke Karen Gody on there. So. Yeah. I would have, when you, when you get the, when you get some of the biased media involved, I think that's what, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. not like the players are voting. So, all right, yeah. this one from Jay Chalanik, the new schedule isn't set, but on paper rank the games from easiest to hardest. Uh, I have Georgia tech last. Yeah, because as I want to point out again, it doesn't matter where these games are played that much. Right. I would, because of the loss of quarterback, I would put Navy next. Then I would have, uh, I'd have Boston College ninth, new coach, Syracuse eighth, Wake Forest seventh, Duke sixth, Pitt, Pitt, Florida State. I'm torn because Pitt's on the road, Florida State's at home, then Louisville, North Carolina. Because North Carolina's on the road and Louisville's at home, and uh, Clemson. Yeah, I think I'm. I lean towards Pitt being harder than Florida State. Just right, right. I agree. I know who has more talent, but Pitt's got the developed senior talent on the defense. Just their defense is. They're going to make it harder on Notre Dame and Ian Book um, than Florida State will. I think that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, Florida State does have ten starters back on D. That's why I put Navy higher than Navy. Just a pain compared to. Syracuse and Boston College for me. I, I know I know that erased that pain so easily last year, but it's not it's not always like that. You know, it's it, no. it's just not always like that. No, it's not. I I I'm still surprised that Nordane won by 32. Yeah. Yeah. Considering the quarterback and and what we expected. That's more likely this year with with the change of quarterbacks. And I think we should point out for people wondering why you had Duke at six, Duke's got some defensive pieces and pass rush. Yeah. And I think when you're in the preseason, you're looking at teams that can create havoc, pass rush is part of it. Um, I think it was telling that Brian Kelly told Pete Sampson he's concerned about the pass rush because we just are anointing everybody. But there's right. a difference between Julian Aquar, Khalid Kareem, and Jameer Jones and the new guys. Yeah, I, I have Wake Forest behind Duke because just attrition. They lost yeah. so many, yeah. so much personnel. So. Question from Kenny Covington. Does this change the game in terms of scouting opponents? Do teams usually spend the summer doing the advanced scouting, or is that something usually done within game week or so, and so largely business as usual despite new opponents? No, I think it changes. They've been, they've been scouting the teams <laughs> they knew, but they everybody has some extra teams. Uh, I guess the ACC has fewer than Notre Dame. <laughs> Notre Dame has to scout Florida State, Syracuse, Boston College, North Carolina. And they would not have been, um, unless Brian Kelly really had a lot of foresight around July 1st, I can't think of another point where he would have said, hey, start looking into, uh, let's get our grad assistants, or I'm sorry, our analysts looking into some of these other ACC teams. Right. But they've done so in earnest over the last week and a half, I bet. Yeah, no doubt. And they, you know, there's a lot of time during the summer. So yeah, that's what they normally do. Um, you can't wait till the week of the game. There's just, there's too much film. There's too much to evaluate. There's too many moving parts. Um, so it's, it's, it's done in the summer and to a large extent, after the season starts, you're, you're starting to look at opponents that come down the road. Could this be another reason they want to keep Navy is they scout Navy and prepare for the option in some way all year long. Absolutely. So they really want to play Navy. Um, I think we should bring up when I said analysts, Nicole Auerbach mentioned that, um, analysts might be able to coach on the field this year. 
Um, it's such a good idea because you get more coaches so you can social distance more without having more coaches equals better social distancing because you can spread out into smaller groups and have more coaches. Coaching. That's interesting. I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't heard that. I hadn't read that. Um, but that's, you know, it's a, look, it's a year when you kind of throw all the rules out and you just adjust yeah. on the fly. Right. And then leave it to Twitter because the next picture was Nick Saban uh, doing the little evil genius thing with his hands. Cause he's famous for having 50 analysts compared to like yeah. having five or six or whatever else. There'd be more, there'd be more <laughs> coaches and players out there for Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Question from uh, D.A. Dixon. Do you agree with Pete Sampson that the schedule is easier than it was originally? Pete tweeted out something inter- uh, where he said, interesting that Notre Dame joins a conference and their schedule becomes easier. I mean, it, it, without the last game, it's a heck of a lot harder with, a, with the game in December that they might have to play. Yeah. Clemson twice. Clemson twice. Or, yeah. <laughs> Clemson twice and Nolan is a harder schedule because <laughs> I mean, that's a difficult situation. You, if you add the Clemson, I don't think he was adding the Clemson. Double, no, double he, was. Clemson he, he was not. He was yeah, not. it is, though, because you add North Carolina to, we said already, Wisconsin, uh, USC, North Carolina are kind of a threesome. Well, you lost two of them. Florida yeah, States. but you're also, you said Arkansas can't beat Notre Dame and they weren't going to beat Notre Dame or right. – Right. They wouldn't if they still play in Western Although, Michigan. You know, the first team you play, let, okay, let's say Syracuse replaces Arkansas in the opener. They're not beating Notre Dame either. There's a lot of washes in here. Um, Florida State, Stanford is kind of a who ends up being better, right? I don't, I don't know who that will be. It'd probably be Florida State, but I think it'll be Florida State. I, I think I, Stanford's not going to go, you know, four games. On, they're not, they were four and eight last year. Obviously, it's not going to be 12 or whatever. Uh, they're going to get better, but they still too, they still have too many weaknesses um, for them to have come to Notre Dame Stadium and beaten Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame lost two teams it could have lost to, Wisconsin and USC. It gains one in North Carolina. It lost and gained a toss-up game that they should win, Stanford and Florida State. Yeah. And it gained teams they should beat in Syracuse and BC, but lost – Arkansas and yeah. Western Michigan, they would be. So you that's know, right I, out there. I think Notre Dame fans should eliminate the what our current thoughts are about Florida State. It's based right. upon 2018, right. and it's not going to be. I'm not saying that they're going to be the typical Florida State from the past, but that's not going to be the Florida State of 2018. Against Pete's point is just fair of saying this in terms of attrition. They have 10 Power 5 opponents instead of nine. Right. Western Michigan's it's an impossibility. It is not impossible to lose to Boston College or Syracuse. It's not impossible. I mean, they, weren't they threatened by Ball State? <laughs> I want to quote Julian Love, our old favorite. Let's be honest, man. We overlooked Ball State. <laughs> All right. Well, you could, you could have you. Um, point taken. And I think, I think having studied Western Michigan throughout the spring and summer, there's some pretty good players there. I mean, that's a solid Mac team, but no, they weren't going to beat Notre Dame. Not, not the current configuration of Notre Dame. Yeah. Maybe where they were pre Ian book when Ian, when uh, Brandon Wimbush was struggling, et cetera, but, but not now. J Mac 92 was Logan Diggs, the best realistic running back remaining on Indy's board. He's a powerful runner with a spring to his step. Seems to have a high ceiling with some Lance Taylor coaching and a great head start in strength and conditioning. Uh, yeah, he was. I mean, they still, they certainly wouldn't turn down Donovan Edwards right now. Right. They would take both. Uh, but yeah, I think so. Alton McCaskill, I'm not sure where he ranked 
in comparison to Logan Diggs, I think was actually pro- is probably a little bit higher. Uh, I like Diggs better. McCaskill's a real, real upright running back athlete right now. Um, but there's a lot to like about Logan Diggs, and and um, I do believe the ceiling is is quite yeah. high for him. I like the ceiling on Diggs. I think that's the best word for him, really. That's, yeah. It, and there's a floor, right? <laughs> There's yeah, a, there there's is. a floor in that ceiling, yeah, I think. But, 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 but there, but there, I guess there always if is. He, there's a floor if he's uncoachable. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm but not I don't. But that shouldn't, that no. shouldn't be the case. That shouldn't be the case. So, um, yeah, Donovan Edwards, I still would like him to play football the best, for Notre Dame. Best way to ask the question for you, Tim, is Logan Diggs on film or Jameer Smith, Kyron Williams, Sebo Flemister on film. Jafar doesn't count because he was not the. You didn't look at him that way when he was. Uh, High school recruit. Now, maybe a little bit more fundamentally sound, but in terms of upside ceiling, um, you know, four-star assets. Now he clearly has yeah. more than those guys. Uh, Rutgers thirty-three hot. Notre Dame certainly has some momentum on the recruiting trail. Lots of discussion on the message boards as to if fans should be excited or disappointed that most are only three stars and not champ- championship-caliber players. He put only in quotes. What are your thoughts on this? I think the momentum will either hit a crescendo or come crashing to a vicious halt on August 8th. And that's when this question can be answered with Rocco Spindler's announcement. They get Rocco Spindler and, as you pointed out, some high three stars. I mean, you like, I I think it's fair to say you like these three stars on film more than most collections of three stars that you've seen in in recruiting cycles. You mean among the commitments? Among the commitments, yeah, among the committed players. Um, Now, 2017 is not fair because although you loved both of us, do you see where we ranked Owusu Kormoa in my Monday musings, by the way, back in 2017? We were pretty good. We both had him as the fourth fourth, best player in that class. Yep, we both had the fourth best player in that class. I like that 2017 three stars, and that's there's some hindsight involved. But we liked Michael Young. We liked uh, MTA, Owusu Koromoa, Jafar Armstrong. Mm-hmm. I had sixth. So that's probably the best collection. Um, but this is a nice collection of three stars. And then you add you add Spindler and what they already had. And yeah. Fisher who and Buckner. Who else do we have that we were pretty good on? Because usually we're wrong. We're missing one. Heinish. So go Heinish. ahead and promote it. We both like Heinish yeah. um, from that class. And uh, – we were wrong on – there's a guy that played nose tackle that lasted about one practice at Notre Dame. That didn't work out well for us in that you, class. You knew in Culver that he wasn't – It wasn't, tell, tell everybody why we knew that Darnell Ewell was not going to make it after 10 minutes of Culver practice? It was a rude rude comment by myself to you guys, to about well, four other outlets. Then. Clean it up. And go ahead. <laughs> no, it wasn't rude in that way. Oh, okay. It was rude in terms – it was just kind of mean, mean-spirited. Oh. I well, they switched fields after stretching. They stretched for about ten minutes, and Darnell Yule was ten yards behind everybody switching fields. And I said, I think I just saw someone's Notre Dame season. I didn't say career. I think I just saw Notre Dame's freshman season end on the Culver practice field in segment number one because <laughs> you could tell that he did not have the necessary hustle and uh, endurance to get where he needed to be before that first horn blew for period two. And behind me. I will point out, you and I saw Kurt Heinisch in his uniform that didn't fit, and he was giving guys fits, and we're like, that guy, he looks like he just came in off the road and asked if he could right. play some pickup practice, but he is, he looks like he could play a little bit. If we get that guy a new uniform, I think yeah. he's going to be pretty good. <laughs> now, let, back to the original question. Three-star players currently verbally committed to Notre Dame. Ryan Barnes, 
Justin Walters, I, I believe that both are four-star caliber players. Uh, Joe Alt, I think, will be a four-star level offensive lineman. Logan Diggs certainly has the athleticism. I think Chance Tucker is right there um, as well as what he can do. So, yeah, I, yeah, maybe I'm higher on more three-stars than normal. And then, I mean, in terms of targets, Spindler is – I love it when somebody said – somebody wrote uh, just like – how can how can he be a must get as an offensive guard? Like offensive, we're not talking about NFL contracts here. Right. I, I, right. I get that. I I think Rocco Spindler is a tremendous offensive guard. I don't care what position he plays. I want him. I'd like to see him in a Notre Dame uniform. And then, you know, Colsey is still in a chance. He's a four star. Uh, Jaden Thomas, and then and then Titan uh, Titus uh, Macau Adam Alala. Um, those are four-star guys too. I think those are pretty good football players. Uh, Prince Collie's listed as a four-star. He's undersized. Three stars: Jaden Slocum, Mitchell Evans, um, Kevin Sinclair did unearth some Mitchell Evans uh, mm-hmm. game footage in which his effort as a blocker was just really lacking. It seemed like he didn't know he was supposed <laughs> to be blocking. But if it, the ball wasn't coming to him, he had no idea that he was involved in what was happening. Yeah, but but I mean, overall, as a, as a yeah. tight end, I think he's a pretty good three star. So, yeah, I you know I wrote a couple months. I mean, it looks a couple months ago. It's like looks like all they have left are three stars, and uh, but it's a little bit better situation than that, especially with the five that are verbally committed. Question from Coach CFT: Over under games played between now and Christmas, and seven point five is over under, and it's of course. Uh, a COVID-19 type question. It's such a positive podcast. <laughs> I think this was, I think this question was asked before uh, was. the news of the ACC. I mean, we've been relatively positive yes, on the podcast yes. talking about the orange yeah. bowl being the, you know, second best yeah. thing and the or second but worst se- thing that could happen. But seven and a half games played. Well, but I think it, it's either over. It's either way under or over. Cause I think if it'll be like four when they, if they find out they can't do it. Right. I would have said over before we heard ACC news. So I'm not, it's not being slanted by the positivity provided with 10 games against ACC teams. Right. But I would no. still say it's over seven and a half. And I, yeah, because I think if it's under, it's it's well under. I mean, something went wrong in the first three or four weeks that they realized this isn't working out. Yeah. I don't think all of a sudden it's going to be game nine and they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> I think it would be, it would be unearthed quickly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, CMU- I mean, yeah, I mean, theoretically, yeah, theoretically, but again, but... these are, these are, there's no way of predicting these things, but you're probably right. If it's going to hit, it's going to hit early, right? Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, it might hit in August when uh, these teams have uh, 10,000 students come back, right? Yeah, yeah. Bubble. CMU, fan, CMU Penn's fan, which starter from last year has to make the biggest improvements for Notre Dame to be a legitimate playoff contender provided the season is played normally? The first, well, first of all, Ian Book, can't start slowly. He's got to pick up where he left off. Yeah. Okay. But the first guy that came to mind for me was Aaron Banks. Yeah. I wrote down two guys and he's one of them. Yep. And I would say Jarrett Patterson needs to really start to evolve now. I thought he was a placeholder last year and now it's time for him to be, um, you know, somebody that takes the action to the opponent as opposed to just, you know, sealing guys off every time per se. I, it's a great um, review of his game because my vision of Patterson, lingering vision from last year is 
a guy getting penetration and him sealing him off. Now that's effective, but it's not as effective if you're playing Clemson and Florida State's right, defensive right. line. Um, Banks was the first choice. I think to be fair to Patterson, he wasn't supposed to be Aaron Banks or Tommy Kramer last year. As right, a absolutely. Freshman. No, it's so, just evolution with him. I think he will take the next step up. Right. Banks is the question mark. Will he take the next step up? Um, and I think, you know, you could say, well, Josh Lug can just replace him. They like Lug better at tackle, and Banks brings a physicality that Josh Lug can't bring. So I want Aaron Banks to step up. And then, on a related note, I know he was playing better last year, but he's the highest-rated player on the team. I'd like to see Tommy Kramer threaten the All-ACC second-team guard list at season end, right? Yeah. If Eichenberg, well, Kramer, Banks, and Hainsey are all – and Patterson are all improved, yeah. it's Clemson and Notre Dame. Right. Well, Eichenberg has to take his game up. A, a yeah, couple notches, really. I think he would agree with that. Braden Lindsay needs to stay healthy. You know, I think a huge goal of him is having him on the field for every game. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because he's, that's had, a, he's had a couple concussions too. That's right. That's right. the worst so, case scenario. Yeah, exactly. So that's a difference maker. I thought. <laughs> excuse me. I thought Myron Tagovailoa made significant strides. Now let's see if he can. Now let's see if he can be one of the better defensive tackles on the schedule slash Notre Dame team. Yeah, I think we're on the same focus, Tim. Good players that need that can be great. Well, D- Dalen Hayes, and I, again, I mean, I, Dalen, I, I just, Dalen Hayes, name a, name a period in time when Dalen Hayes w- was a dominant player. I have one. Okay. And it's important. Did I ask first, Did I say this in a previous podcast? I don't think so, but I just thought of this when I was writing. You asked me to send you my indispensables for a future column. I can think of one, and it was the first quarter against Clemson when he was he and Aquara okay. were unblockable. Okay, but I I don't think of Dalen Hayes as a like amazing edge rusher that's going to make a difference. I just think Dalen Hayes' overall game as a fifth year rugged player. You mentioned he can play inside the nickel, he can set the edge, he can drop into coverage. I mean, he's the guy that tips the ball to give Kyle Hamilton the interception touchdown. I, he is not going to bend the edge like Julian Aquara. No, even, I think they. Yeah. I think they need a. Uh, they need a Gofu and and um, Foskey to be on the field on third down. Now, yeah. where that where that puts third and long rather, where that puts Dalen Hayes, he's flexible enough to move anywhere along there. But you know, this is a guy with six and a half career sacks in forty one games. Yeah, no, I, I don't think he's a great pass rusher. I think he can be a very good player. But it's fair that you include him. He, is, yeah. he has to be a very good player. I, right. And now he's now he needs to improve as a pass rusher. Not sure that's going to happen, but he's good against the run. Ado yeah. Ogundeji has to be better against the run. Yeah, because Khalid Kareem was a rock. And, he was great. Yeah. He was <laughs> great. He, I mean, he was Kareem was such an all around strong side defensive end, man. I think we're illustrating Brian Kelly's point that we talked about earlier. <laughs> he needs those guys to step up. Yeah, and, no and doubt. Be as good no, as they no were. Doubt. No doubt, no doubt. Irish from A2, Rocco Spindler, Irish or no? Final prediction. Although we have another podcast for our final prediction. Yeah, but probably. Uh, so as of today, <laughs> and we should, uh, Irish uh, from AT, A2 should have his question re-asked next week. <laughs> I would say yes. I I would say yes. I'll say yes because it's more fun than saying no. Okay. Morris1313, <laughs> could you project Ian Book's best slash worst possible draft positions in the 2021 NFL draft is first round a possibility. I don't think so. Um, I think he'll have a better year than Jake Fromm, but Jake Fromm was a better prospect coming to last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I hate to say best is fifth round, but I was going to say fifth round. So why don't I say fourth round? And that gives Ian Book a great year. And I think he he's going to have a better year than he is his draft position. How's that? Yeah, I think so. I I, I think so. I do want to. I want to. Well, first of all, this and that's this, okay for Notre Dame fans. If Ian Book has a better and year this, than where he's drafted. Some somebody was looking for a Joe Burrow. Like, come on, man. That's a once in a. That's not a once in a generation improvement. That's a once in a lifetime improvement. We at my age, we're never going to see. I'm never going to see that again. I yeah, don't. I mean, think. it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely amazing. Now he had a little bit of talent around him, but it was amazing how well he played. No, great players have talent around. Great quarterbacks don't throw to bad players with bad offensive lines. That's, right. That right. doesn't happen exactly. Unless you're Archie um, Manning. Let me let me throw out a few names. It, it's not a great year for quarterbacks. You have Trevor Lawrence, you have Justin Fields, you have Jamie Newman. And then after that, six foot one Brock Purdy, six foot one Sam Ellinger, six foot one Charlie Brewer from uh, Baylor, six foot Shane Bouchelle from SMU. I mean, I think the kid I think the kid from North Dakota State, Trey Lance, is is above most of those guys. Derek King probably be coming out, right? Right. Uh, Kyle Trask, six foot four Kyle Trask from Florida, who was Nobody knew the name last year at this time. Um, Jack Cohn at Wisconsin. Davis Mills from Stanford, who needs to stay at Stanford. KJ Costello, Kellen Mond. I mean, it's not it's not a great year for quarterbacks. So I would say fourth round, I guess, would be the highest I would go. Ian Book's not going to go going to go in the first round. Man, Shane Bouchelle. <laughs> we spent a whole offseason talking about that guy in 2016. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. But it's just it's a very undistinguished class with the with the crown jewel, yeah. of course, Trevor Lawrence. Our last question is from D underscore radio guy. How are we going to celebrate the ACC championship? That is the chug off. That's not going to happen in Manhattan Beach. That's there it is. We're good. There it is. I've gotten a lot of practice during the pandemic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not so much chugging. Not so much chugging, right. That's right. More more quantity than than uh speediness. But is it uh, is it Terry Benedict, I think, that sent us a note saying that it's not a, a viable chug off if he's not involved, so I guess he's gonna have to go there too. There's if what? <laughs> if who's not involved? If that if if that subscriber is not involved. He says it doesn't oh, count oh, if he's oh, not there. Okay, so. well D under <laughs> D underscore radio guy. He can come too. Terry Benedict are going to have to meet us in Charlotte if it if it comes to that. We might have run a little long, but uh, today was a, a very newsworthy day after Notre Dame's inclusion in the ACC championship run this year. We appreciate you joining us. We'll be back for a podcast next week. Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com slash support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.